Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives.
Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Today is from Psalm is Psalm 37, uh, verses 1 to 11, and then 39 to 40. And I'm reading from a book called Psalms for Praying: An Invitation to Wholeness. Give no heed to those who are greedy; attend not to those who do wrong. For like the green grass of spring, they soon fade and wither away. Trust in the Most High and seek goodness. Live harmoniously upon the earth in peace and with assurance. Take delight in the beloved and enjoy the bountiful gifts of love. Commit your life to the beloved, confident that love will act on your behalf, making clear your pathway bright as the sun at midday. Be still before the beloved and wait quietly in the silence. Pray for those who prosper by deceitful means and for those who live by their own devices. Recognize your own anger as unfulfilled desire and lift your thoughts to higher planes. For those who act out of anger separate themselves from love while those who live in harmony shall know peace, assurance, gratitude, and love. The saving grace of the upright comes from the beloved. Love is their refuge in times of trouble. Love leads the way and they arrive home safely, delivered from those who tempt them with power. Love invites all to open their hearts. What joy shall fill my heart Then I shall bow In humble adoration And there proclaim My God, how great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee
Thank you, Judy. Will you pray with me now, please, the words of preparation which are printed in your bulletin. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'd like to invite you now to think with me for a minute about the last time you went on a guided tour or followed a guide. Now, due to COVID and the way this congregation's penchant for adventuring and traveling has been restricted, you might have to reach far back in memory <laughs> to think about that time. But reach back, reach back for a moment. Now, were you in a different country or a different state or a, a different locale? Were you on one of our local trails? Uh, a trail maybe close but unfamiliar to you where a friend acted as a guide and led as you followed. When we're following a good guide, in unfamiliar territory, it can be one of the most enjoyable experiences. We learn new things, we see new things, there's a, a sense of safety and security. A good guide expands us and helps us to thrive. Recently, I read Anna Weiner's memoir, Uncanny Valley. It's a good book. I recommend it to you. But some of you don't need to, to read this book because you've lived the story. In the book, Weiner tells her story of moving from New York to San Francisco to take a job in a tech startup in the 2010s. The startup she moved to work uh, in had a very young and inexperienced CEO. He was the guide who everyone followed. And he presided over a workplace culture that included Weiner being told when she experienced blatant sexism, oh, he's just like that. And a requirement that she randomly chant with other employees that she was DFTC, down for the cause. Well, this isn't the kind of guide anyone wants to be stuck with. And yet it took Weiner a while to realize that she was obsessively focused on him and how to please the boss. But then she realized she was losing herself, losing her way, and was having symptoms of physical stress and that worry was eating her up. She realized that the expectations of blind obedience to this guide, this leader, and adherence to the strict expectations uh, in an environment that crossed lines of appropriateness and ethics was not the path that led to life. I think many of us have experienced uh, this realization that we've been trying to do what we thought we were supposed to do, and then we realize we're on the wrong path, that we're not following a good guide Maybe it was a literal tour guide 
who instead of offering enlightenment and a sense of security on a prescribed route, led us in circles or in wrong directions. Or maybe it was another situation where we found ourselves unintentionally down a path that felt like death. Our scripture for today from Psalm 37 is about guidance in challenging situations. The psalmist talks about the experience of worrying over the bad behavior of someone else and the ways that it can consume us when we think that that person is is someone we need to follow or a guide in our lives. In one translation, the, the word is is translated as fret. And in the, in the translation that Pat offered to us, a, a beautiful translation, I commend to you, praying for the, the psalms, psalms for praying, an invitation to wholeness, the, the word is expanded even more. But a closer translation to the literal Hebrew uh, means to get heated up or burn up. So hear these words again. Do not get heated up because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For they are like the grass that will soon wither, like green plants that will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. The psalm helps us remember that there is only one true guide, and that guide is God. On earth, there will be good guides, and there will be not-so-good guides. But if we commit ourselves to the way of God, the psalmist says that our focus will be returned to the path that leads to peace, and we will be delivered. Simple, right? But of course, you and I know it's not so simple. How do we identify what is of God and what is God's guidance? This week, I had a conversation with Tom Locke, a a man uh, who's becoming a good friend of mine. He's the president of the Texas Methodist Foundation and Wesleyan Investive. And a few years ago, Tom asked me to be on the board of what was then the United Methodist Development Fund and is now called Wesleyan Investive. Both of these organizations, Texas Methodist Foundation and Wesleyan Investive, are linked by staff and board structure and are basically engaged in investing Methodist donors' uh, funds and making loans. Seems like a simple, basic mission, right? And both of these organizations have been very successful. But several years ago, Tom asked the question, if we came into work one morning and realized that the assets of the foundation had exceeded $1 billion, but the church was weaker, would we have been successful? The answer was clear to everyone. Success lay not in measuring how much asset we had, but in carrying out God's purpose through a strengthened church. 
It didn't matter how much asset base, uh, how much the asset base of the foundation grew, if there was no enlivened church for those resources to support and feed into. And so Texas Methodist Foundation launched a leadership ministry and a grants ministry to use what was gained to further the capacity to carry out God's purpose. And Wesleyan Investive has been about seeking out ministries to partner with through loans and development, particularly ministries that are under-resourced or serving marginalized communities or have projects that traditional banks won't touch because they're different or seem odd or they don't fit the typical criteria that banks want to see. One project partnered with several Methodist church sites in Washington, D.C. to preserve the history of the Underground Railroad connected with those sites. But because the sites were not contiguous and they involved several different owners, the preservation was complicated and traditional banks didn't want any part of it. And so Wesleyan Investive stepped in able to see the, the, the purpose and how preserving the history of solidarity and uh, the way that the, the church has been involved in facing down injustice and evil was an important history to preserve. This was understood as God's purpose. Another partner for Wesleyan Investive is North United Methodist Church in Hartford, Connecticut. And over a decade ago, the members of North UMC noticed that the, the large building on the corner of their block would, would be a perfect building for a multi-service community center, for them to outreach into the community that they, they were, were situated in in a number of ways. But there was one problem. They didn't own the building. So they began to invest and save with Wesleyan Investive, and then the building became available. And Wesleyan Investive partnered with them in, in shoring up uh, the gap between what they had saved and what they needed to buy this building. Um, even though the you know, traditional banks will want to see a secure income flow, there was no secure income flow, but there was a purpose. There was a vision of how this building could be used for God's purpose. And now out of the building there's a farmer's market a food share program, a clothes closet, and, and a community clinic, which during the pandemic was a vaccination site. Many churches here in our own conference have been helped by Wesleyan Investive, as, uh, as including St. Luke's UMC in Richmond and Valley Faith UMC uh, in Sunnyvale. St. Luke's is a Tongan congregation and Valley Faith is a Filipino congregation. I'm really proud and grateful to be a part of this work. And by extension, you, Epworth, are a part of this work. Tom has talked about how TMF and Wesleyan Investive got clear on who and what was our guide. He said, even though we exist alongside of, of and are engaged with the institution of the church, we, we realize that our client, in being a foundation that invests and loans funds to Methodists and Methodist churches and organizations, is not the institution. Our client 
is the institution's purpose. Let me say that again. Our client is not the institution. Our client is the institution's purpose. Our purpose is God's purpose. Two years ago, Wesleyan Investive created the Locke Leadership Award, where we sought to uh, seek out innovative and creative and faithful leaders who were serving in relative obscurity, but were having a positive impact on the whole church ecosystem. Each year, four or five leaders are chosen, and they receive a $50,000 award to further their work. The awardees have included persons like Dayamon Hargis, who has partnered with Broadway United Methodist Church in Indianapolis to organize the community around Broadway using the asset-based community development model. Diamond's work has been transformative for both community and the church. And Emmanuel Andre, another leader who has been honored by the Locke Leadership Awards, who founded the Northside Transformative Law Foundation in the United Methodist Church in Rogers Park on the north side of Chicago to provide solutions to the retributive nature of our criminal justice system and marry the church's vision for justice and healing with the need for justice and healing in the community. In, this, in these situations and others like them, it would have been easy to focus on what wasn't working. But like Psalm 37 instructs, Diamon and Andre have not been consumed or burned up or burned out by brokenness and instead have focused on doing good through staying focused on God's hope and God's vision. So often when we pray, we ask for God's guidance. And there have been times in my life when I've prayed for guidance and what I thought I wanted was a scroll to drop down out of heaven that began with, Dear Kristen, <laughs> do this. <laughs> and then was followed by a set of uh, clear and detailed enumerated instructions. But life isn't like that, and God isn't like that. And the truth is, I don't want a God like that. I don't want a set of instructions, a scroll that tells me what to do. What I do want is to know God's purpose so clearly in my heart and my mind that the path becomes clear. And this is what the psalm tells us will be our experience if we take our focus away from those dealing death and put our focus on God, who offers life. I mean, think of, think of the kinds of situations that we find ourselves in, whether it's a conflict with someone else or just a, a situation that turns out to be bad. How often do we become consumed with our focus and energy on that person or on that situation? The psalm asks us to refocus, to take our focus off that place of death and put it on God, who is a place of life. If we trust that the way will be illuminated, light will shine. Commit to God's ways, the psalm tells us. Commit to the practices of prayer and scripture study and meditation and service that help us know what is good and right and true. 
and immerse ourselves in a community that will help us continue to interpret God's way, making it our way. This is how we can check ourselves to know if the path or the guide we are following is really of God. This is how we know if God is our guide. Does the path further God's purpose? Does it further love and justice and caring? Is it open and affirmed by a community or does it stem from one person's dictates? When we are faced with a decision about which way to go, we need to ask, does this affirm life? Hear these words again from Psalm 37. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in the Lord. Though we may stumble, we will not fall, for the Lord's hand upholds us. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace. May it be so. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week.